Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul, Angeline, and today we're talking about how some games feel more railroady than others. Kind of a long title, <laughs> but the idea here is when you play a game, and sure, everybody plays a game where it's a railroad, right? It's a quest. It's a a travel from point A to point B, and you're play, going along with that idea. But there's some games when you play that you still feel that your character has options and has impact in the game and has choices, I guess is the most important thing. In other games, it doesn't feel that way. The walls are like, or the railroad or the tracks are fully evident and can see them throughout the gameplay. And one is better than the other. The one, the one without the, the one that you can't see the tracks to me are better because it feels like the players have, as if I'm a player that I, as a player have, the ability to decide my fate, right? Because that's that's one of the biggest gripes about players is that GMs have all the power in all the world. They control everything but, but your character. But when you have a GM that kind of, you see the walls on both sides and you and you feel as a player and, as, and, and that your character has no options other than the one that the GM puts in front of you, it's kind of like a maze. You don't you don't want to go down that maze because people don't want to be rats in a maze. <laughs> I don't know about the rats in the maze analogy, but I think that when you're playing a game, you you didn't use the terms um, player agency. agency. Yes. Why you didn't just say that? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's early because you say it all the time. So what's the difference between something that feels railroady and something? Obviously, you're going from point A to point B. Or you wouldn't have sat down at the table to play the game, right? There's a, You're there, and you know that there's a, a quest or a plot or something that you have to do. Right. But whether or not you are allowed to do it the way you want to, that shows that's the difference between having play, player agency and having to do it a certain way. Correct. Yes. I, I, we use that, that analogy a few times as whether uh, when a player wants to do something... And the GM says no, you know, right. tells them no, they, they can't do it that way because the GM didn't plan it that way or the module doesn't say anything about them doing something like that. We use the climbing on top of a building analogy. Yes. And well, there's and, also you, you, you gave me an analogy about a castle. Right. And, and, and that's a That's a classic one, right? That's a classic one that I've seen in multiple games in games that either I played in or didn't play in. Now, a lot of the railroads. The railroad usually, the railroad game, is usually more evident or more available or not available. But you see them at like, like for one shots or at conventions, right? Because you're on a limited time. You're trying to present an interesting uh, story, and you have a group of players that you may or may not know. Compared to a home game where you have all the time in the world, uh, long campaigns can take forever. And it doesn't matter if the players squander uh, an hour and a half talking to the barmaid about you know what kind of beers they have, right? Or ale, I should say, or mead, to be more correct. Because of that, I think a lot of GMs who run quests or very task-oriented games, they have that idea that you know I have to get these characters to the from the beginning to the end, and that's all that matters. And and that's true. You're trying to give the players a a nice story that or a nice uh, gameplay that makes it fun. So 
but you can't lose player agency. So the castle analogy for me was you got to break into this castle or a fortress or whatever, and you know, and the GM or the module, in either case, it doesn't matter, had thought up that the characters would try to sneak into the front gate. That's a viable way to try to get into the castle. But the players being players, they go, well, we don't want to sneak into the gate because we have a paladin with us and he makes a lot of noise and all these other stuff. So you know, we're going to go around to the back of the castle, side of the castle and climb a wall. Well, okay, the paladin can't climb a wall. Okay, so we'll send the thief up. And so they have this great idea to circumvent this normal way of going into the castle. And the GM's like, oh, now there's two ways the GM can look at it, right? He could say, well, that's not, that's not the way I planned it. So what am I going to do? And, it, and this thinking, right? So they're thinking this going, oh, my God, if they go into the side, they're not going to meet this guy. They're not going to meet that or whatever, whatever the plan is or your ideas are should the way the adventure should go. There's your first problem. <laughs> As the GM, you should know that they're not going to do what you want them to or they're not going to go the way you want them to. So you have to allow the players, even though so it doesn't matter how they get into the castle if they need to get into the castle. Right. Right. It's just that they get into the castle. So That's true. So step back and let them figure out how to get into the castle the way they want to. Yeah. Uh, Don't make it hard. Don't say, oh, you can't do this. Oh, there's no magic. There's an anti-magic spell around this castle. The thief cannot climb the wall because it is an anti-climbing wall. Yes, it's coated with slimy, uh, oily residue on a nightly basis. You so. have to roll a 32 dex to get through. <laughs> Even if it's written into the rules, right? That something like the the walls are made out of glass, right? Which makes climbing impossible. The players can come up with multiple they ways. They could come up with suction cups that they could put on their shoes to climb the wall. Oh, glass well, wall. It depends on what kind of game you're playing. You're right. You know, the classic, another one is the sewer, right? You know, we're going to break, we're going to go into the sewer, you know, or whatever, the underground tunnels. But you don't want, as a GM, to be saying, oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, no, that's not going to work because of this. So, you know, you don't want to keep. What's that term? Like cutting them off at the knees of players when they come up with some pretty interesting ideas and they like their ideas, right? You know, everybody likes to believe that their ideas are good, but you say, you know, you counter them with this, no, it's not going to work or it's impossible. You know, you keep coming up with things. And so then the, those tracks start becoming more and more visible. And I don't think you need to do that. You know, I, I, I think as a, as a GM, you're doing, dealing with a lot of stuff as a GM and sometimes you might be feel like it's overhead and having to come up with or react to what the new what their ideas are the players ideas are is part of the job right so let's say you you have to let them have the agency and you have to not have to but you should give them that that yes like oh yeah that's gonna work that's a good idea and that makes them feel good right as a player and then that feels as a player when I when somebody when I come up with an idea and it works and it's pretty damn successful, I'm like, yeah, that was pretty smart of me, right? And it makes you feel good and it makes you feel like you're you're adding to the story because theoretically, well, theoretically, here we go. <laughs> theoretically, we are we are a shared story creating right? a shared story. Yes, and that is a little bit different than somebody just telling a story, which we all say is the. Probably one of the first forms of entertainment. But the shared storytelling, kind of like this uh, improv comedy where people are just going off each other. I think it's, it's something that something that's very different than 
somebody telling you a story or even a GM who presents a situation and this is the way you're going to solve it where the GM has an idea over in their head as to how they're going to accomplish the, the goal that you put in front of them. I used to do this all the time when I was younger. I used to come up with ideas of, of what the adventure was like and I would even come up with the ideas of how the players would solve the, the situation or the problem. They were going to go here and then they're going to turn left and they're going to turn right. And I'd be stuck right off the bat when they did none of those things. Right. So I and and because I wasn't really like saying no to them, I would really, you know, I would be caught flat footed, really, and trying to come up with stuff that I hadn't planned for. And believe it or not, that was actually a good thing, because even though I fumbled through those times, you know, when I was younger with trying to come up with stuff that or trying to include what they were telling me and not sound like I was like, oh, my God, hold on. I don't know what you guys are doing. Kind of makes you think on your feet better. And after a few dozen years, <laughs> 20 years, it's not so bad. Players throw you a curveball. And let me warn you, GMs, players are always going to throw you curveballs no matter what because they're seeing, they're, even though you tell them stuff and they're all hearing the same thing, they're each going to get that. Well, they're each going to latch on to different parts of what you're telling them or ideas of what you tell them or come up with certain ideas that other players, players don't even agree. You know, they, they might argue about how to break into the castle. Well, they'll spend a half hour arguing <laughs> about how to break into the castle. And the good GM, the the non-railroady guy will allow them that half hour because they're having a lot of fun figuring these things out. Yeah. Sometimes if you want to move the story around, you only give them five minutes to figure it out. But let them do what they want to do because that's what player agency is all about. That's what, but player agency makes the game more fun for the players. Right. It can make it a little frustrating for the GM, <laughs> but that's okay. You just have to um, move your your encounter. And I, I and Saul is always telling me that's not the way you're supposed to do it. <laughs> but me, I'm like, well, if they want to go in on the side, then just move the encounter to the side. If if, if they just have to get in and, and the encounter is somewhere inside the castle, who cares how they get in? Right. If they're going to have more fun walking around and looking for a hole in the ground to go underneath, then let them do it. Right. Exactly. And I think that makes it for a more fun experience for the players. Of course, it's a little bit more frustrating for the GM, and the GM has to think on their feet much more, probably more than they want to or more than they planned. But I think it, overall, it's it's a better experience for everybody because because overall, for me, what I enjoy or what I get, what is it? Uh, Satisfaction. Right, exactly, is when my players are like having a great time. And you know as a GM, when they're laughing and, and talking to each other, and you can tell when players are excited. And you can tell when players are bored out of their mind <laughs> or frustrated at you because you're not letting them do anything they yeah. want to do. Because you could tell, right? Even through uh, Zoom, right? We were doing a lot of Zoom games. You know, I could tell people who are kind of like not really into what I'm, the story I'm, I'm I outlined them, outline for them, or throwing out for well, them. Well, Zoom is a little bit harder because sometimes people could just be not, <laughs> yeah, or, or, or paying attention. But, you know, you have that camera on you. So it's not always. You may not look like you're paying attention. You may look like you're just staring off into space because you're just listening, right? <laughs> just, just, yeah. Versus at a table where you can see them like ready to bolt. They get their phone out. They start oh, yes. doodling on paper. They're you know doing different things. 
right so so the, when i when i was talking about that castle analogy a lot of times people uh, gms will say well this is the way to get in right or the module says it i think what you got to realize is that one players when they're presented with a situation like that they're going to be suspicious right and because they're suspicious they're not going to want to do something that looks too easy to get in too it's too obvious that that's the way we should go and and even though in the game the way it's written or the way you have it set up nothing's going to happen if they do what what the adventure says it's the easy way in but players being the way they are they're they're going to think well that's a trap you know everybody thinks it's a trap they think that because sometimes it is a trap <laughs> so i think when you have that situation where you need them to get a, to a certain location or you need them to go to a goal allow different avenues for them to succeed or even if you you say oh well they have to go through the front front gate you're thinking that or it was written down for you and you read it and, and you had it in your head this is the way they have to get in think about it when they say they want to go around to the back and find the back door because that is the logical thing that people would do. <laughs> Nobody's going to sneak into a castle through the front gates if there's another way in. Right? right. If they can find another way in, give it to them. I mean, even if it's a if it's a silly idea, you know, <laughs> let them have fun with it. And the other thing is, is that they can come up with the idea, right? Then they roll the dice to see if it works. Right. If you're using dice or cards or whatever. Or... You can give them a complication, right? In your brain, you just have to not be on that. You have to do it this way track. Then why are they playing with you if you are going to make them do it a certain way? What they say is if the players aren't doing exactly what you think they should be doing, you shouldn't be running games. You should be go trying to go write a book because that's what you're trying to do is in your mind. And these guys are just along for your ride. I think that's hard for a lot of GMs who've been around the block. I grew up at a time when the GM was the Thorata, right? They're the ones that dispense the knowledge from the mountain, right? When you have that kind of power and that game was all about uh, defeating monsters and, you know, going through, you know, the game is called Dungeons and Dragons, even though, my, like I said multiple times, my brother took us out of the dungeon early on i mean early on i mean really early we were exploring overland and through the wilderness and it was a lot of fun but some people you know they just love dungeons right and jolene recently started running the uh, the mad mage or took us through the mad mage and i only took you through a very small portion of the mad mage and had to get you out of the dungeon before i went completely insane <laughs> so so she she didn't like the dungeon aspect and that is like a total railroad right yeah you can see the walls right literally the, the only what the player agency whether how to react to whatever is inside that dungeon yes but most of the time it's killed the thing right yeah because it's coming at you <laughs> and that was funny because you really didn't like it you were really it was really agitated to you as a gm to run that game right because you're like there's no role playing there's just combat. i was I wasn't bored because of my players. No, no. I was bored because all I did was set up monsters and you no, know, you just had to walk through the freaking thing to, to get to where you're going, right? So I changed it because <laughs> yes, I couldn't did. handle it. But that's me. I can see maybe from a player's perspective, the boys seemed to have fun. Steve had a blast. Um, Saul kept falling asleep. So I don't know if that was because he stayed up too late or if he was just bored because 
it was a long time till your turn. That's the other thing when you're inside of a dungeon. I even made them split the party. I split the party for them for a little while just to make it more exciting for me. <laughs> I obviously, I hadn't read the module or the campaign book. Jolene was inserting this stuff that I didn't know. Of course, I didn't know if it was in the game or not. But that's what I found interesting is the stuff that she made up and added to the game because oh, I was trying to figure out the puzzle, right? Uh, of these characters that were in this dungeon. Well, that was in there. Oh, was I in just there. moved them from place to place. Ah, see. Well, if you don't go to that room, and it was a, it's a freaking huge dungeon, <laughs> and if you don't go into every single room, you're not going to encounter all of the the interesting things, just the the squishy things coming at you. So how about the how about the other way? If if, if instead of you ru- running the dungeon, would you like to play in one? No idea. <laughs> no idea. I I don't know. I haven't played. I've never been in a dungeon. We've been in, in underground things yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But. Well, but I had fun when I made up the dungeon myself for oh, another yeah. game. Yes. And but it wasn't a dungeon. It was a cave, and but I had a plot in mind. Right. It wasn't just go in and kill stuff and take their treasure. It was to save things. And right. To do different. It things, was. So. It was a, a mission. Yeah. Well, we had a mission to go get yes, something. Yes, I to... gave that to you though. That wasn't in the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah there you go a, a dungeon is the ultimate railroad right there's uh i don't know if there's usually one way in and one way out but as a youth when i was a kid i would you know graph paper was my best friend right and then when they i don't know if you guys even some people even remember that they have graph paper but but uh, we used to get this graph paper and it was i forget how many squares per inch i think it was four squares per inch or something like that i forget but but then they came out with what they call it quadratic or quadratic graph paper or something quarter paper, which doubled the size of the, of the I mean, half the size of the of the of the squares. So instead of four squares per inch, there's eight squares per inch. Oh my God, he's lost me. No, no. So what what it means is on one eight and a half. I know by what it means. Paper, I can make a bigger dungeon. Yes. <laughs> Once I we found that paper, my brother bought a ream of it or a pad of it. I was making all these crazy large dungeons and I still have some of those laying around in my folder somewhere. And that's what I did. And I, and some of them, I even, you know, I even made dungeons. I mean, populated them. I, I put the classic number and then off to the side, what was in that room. And, you know, and it was a classic style of, of like, uh, here's the orc next to, uh, I don't know, uh, a scorpion on the next room there was rats in the next room there was a whatever all these things in the dungeon next to each other and it made no sense right because like well why won't the orc go over there and like eat the eat the big giant mushroom or whatever or whatever or kill something that you know there was no it made no sense and that that was the biggest problem for me and when i was a kid is when i grew up i was like man this is kind of dumb <laughs> so that would be a classic railroad right and sometimes, you know, uh, dungeons could be fun. Like, you know, like if you go into a crypt for some reason, I've done that where I've set up the game to, for a crypt, but they didn't know what they were going into. Like, they just happened to find this crypt and they're like, hmm. so they investigated it. And, and there's nothing wrong with going into a dungeon, a cave, a crypt or old city full oh, of rats city, yes. and things like that. It's just that. Why are you there? Right. There has to be. I mean, to me, there should be a reason. Other people don't need a reason, I guess. Well, just to explore. To get treasure. Yes. Kill bad things. Kill bad things and take their stuff. So to me, I don't mind playing a railroad. I understand. Like if somebody presents a situation saying, you know, here's the game or here's the quest, especially at a con 
where you're on limited time. You're like, okay, I understand. At the same time, I still want to be able to have a say with my character and say, oh, I want to go do this. And because the GM or the module didn't say so, you know, didn't think of it, they go, oh, no, you can't do that. Or they give excuse. Like I said, when I start seeing the walls or the tracks, that's when I, st I start as a player having less fun because it doesn't seem like I have much input in the game or whatever I do, it doesn't matter. It could, I could be, I could just be player A, B, C, or D and Ingomar, the paladin doesn't matter. Well, usually when you're playing in a, in a, a game at a convention or a one shot game, whether it's a module or it's the person's own game, they only have a certain amount of time, but most of most GMs will present you the problem and let you get from point A to point B, however you want to. Right. So it doesn't feel railroady, even though you know that you only have four hours to do this, right? Right. Well, the classic example is the one we just played. Four hours to Reno. Four hours to Reno. It's a CLC game. You're on a ra you're on a railroad. <laughs> Literally, you're in a railroad train. <laughs> you're a on railroad. a railroad. Ra on a train. On a train, and and that's all. The, you know, there's only the train, right? And even though he Morgan, our friend who ran it, has run it a couple. Of, well, he's, a few know, times. A few times. He says that he's had totally different results in the way people play it. And I think... And I was telling us all that that shows you that even though you are in literally in a railroad game, <laughs> there's only one place you're going. And whether you get there or not, it's ha it doesn't matter, right? It's And Morgan just lets you do whatever you want. He presents you the situation. And every time people do something different. So it was a... It, it, so you don't feel like it's a railroad, right? You don't feel like you have to do a certain yes. thing. Because it, it's called a Cthulhu, so it doesn't really matter what you're going to do. You're going to die. <laughs> I so, didn't die, did I? I yeah, you did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only because the game is extremely deadly. Not that, not that it was... I mean, the system is extremely deadly, yes. right? You only have, I mean, my character only had 11 hit But points. you just picked up a different character and played yeah, it. Yes, exactly. That's an interesting example of a, of a railroad game, right? But, you know, I couldn't see the walls. I couldn't see the track, even though literally we're on a, on, a, you know, on, a, on a train. But it was very interesting that he said that he's ran that game multiple times and each game has been really different. Same example I have is when I ran my Tecmo game, which is really a, a road game, right? You're supposed to go from point A to point B to deliver a, a prisoner. That's all you're supposed to do, right? And, I've and had you're on a road. You can't get off the road. But well, you could, but you might die. Yeah, it's extremely More dangerous likely. to get off the road. But there was these people who, uh, some players, so the first game ran just more or less like I, I expected it, right? The players stayed on the road. They it were, you know, they were they were presented with interesting uh, things that happened, and they kind of solved the, the mystery because there was a mystery to be solved. Another group decided, well, we, we don't think we should follow the road, right? And I'm like, okay, but it's extremely, okay, the road in Tecamel, or Empire of the Peloton, whatever you want to call it, is like the Great Wall of China. And 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 the reason they built these roads, because they're all over the place, is because that planet is extremely dangerous, right? So this is like to protect you while you're traveling from one place to another. Not that too many people travel from one place to the other, but it's easier for armies and stuff like that to move around. If you've heard this story before, I apologize. Yes. What was funny is that they really they were really suspicious about staying on the road. So they concocted, was it, the, then they were looking at this map because I gave them a map and they were like, oh, there's a river. Can I use the river? Can we hire a boat? And so I'm like, 
And that, that was completely threw me off, right? I'm like, well, yeah, you're circumventing all kinds of things that events that could happen or would happen on the road. I'm like, sure, okay. But but they were they were so suspicious and so cautious that it took forever to do whatever they needed to do, right? And they were super like like you know when they were floating down the river, they wouldn't they wouldn't go down the river at night. They would dock, and so then they would. What's funny is they would sleep during the day and stay up at night because they were so worried about things attacking them. So they would stay up all night. You know, it was hilarious because I'm like, oh wow. And so I threw stuff at them, like monsters, random monsters that I had laid out, you know, that I had, you know, comfortably, I had made out some monsters. I'm like, oh, you know, if they just go. Just in case they go off the road. Just in case they go off the road, they're gonna, they might encounter this. So I just kept throwing all, you know, like, and so they were perfectly happy doing the, whatever they were doing, right? And so it was totally different. They circumvented everything I had thought of. But did they figure out the mysteries? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because that still played out. Because all it takes is a little bit of time on the road or in this case, on the river, to for all these you know the, the interplayer uh, you know machinations and and interactions to finally fester and come out to the to the forefront. But it was a fun game because I fun for me as a GM because I was like, wow, I was being entertained. I was literally being entertained by these players who were telling me a story that I had not even conceived. So, so see, you did what I do. You just took your encounters and moved them along to a different place. <laughs> no, but there were certain things that happened that didn't happen. But, right. But, hey, it doesn't matter as long as everybody had fun. And in this case, I could tell that the players themselves were, like, really excited. And I think that's what's important in the game is when you, you got players who are excited to play or are really in the game. And I think that's pretty important, no matter what kind of game you're playing, no matter what the situation is. I agree. So letting players decide what to do and let them try is a pretty good idea, right? Let them try to do the things that they're trying to do, uh, either by giving them a role or encouraging that kind of that kind of play. It's even better if you let them succeed because that gives them the idea that whatever they decide to do, that is player agency when something that they've come up with is something that they can succeed in. And I think the reason players have more fun is because and I think it's true is that they feel more part of the story that they're help creating, make this story, tell the shared story. And whenever time, anytime you got that flow going between players and GM that you're creating this fantastical tale, I think that's where role playing shines, right? That's where everybody can really like look back at that play and say, man, that was a lot of fun because we were all in, involved. We were all sh- sharing and and telling something and you you basically build a story together and when you look back man that was a a fun thing and i think that's that's where role-playing games really shine and if you can do that even in a railroad game it doesn't feel like a railroad because people are able to do what they want to do or act and have an impact on the story whether or not falls in line with what the original idea was behind the adventure it doesn't matter, but what matters is, is that everybody was having fun, everybody was interacting with each other, and it didn't feel like they were forced to say or play a certain way. So what you're basically saying is that even though the game may have a point A and point B, Correct. it doesn't really matter how you get to point B. It'll feel less railroady if the GM allows you to do what you want. Right. You're still exactly. going to have to hit certain things to figure stuff out, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, th- th- that's the GM's job, right? Right. It's, it's, and I think the idea is is that 
GM's job is pretty tough. And we've always said that, you know, as from a player perspective, the GM is like, I don't know. I don't I don't, It's been so long since I've have since before I GM'd that I don't remember how I looked at my brother when he ran the games, whether he was, you know, this dispenser of information or uh, this God that told my character what to do, which I don't think he ever did. But you know what I mean? I, it's been so long that I don't remember him. I don't remember being just a player and not a GM. So it's hard for me to remember what that was like. It's just a player not knowing what the GM is going through or does to make the make me have fun doing what role playing. I think that's the key to even if you run a railroad game, let the players have player agency and let them succeed at their own ideas, not just stuff that you put in front of them. And then they may not realize that they're on a railroad yeah. or if they do realize they're on a railroad, it's OK. Well, they don't see the tracks. That's the that's the and important they don't care. Part. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day. <laughs>